0: Lock Talk Radio.
1: This is a post time with Mike and Mike production.
0: Wigglet, wigglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside! Always be Mickey!
2: They're off and it is on!
3: And betting line has taken the lead! Choo choo! Boom!
0: Just
1: like that. You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post time with Mike and Mike, with co-hosts Mike Carter.
0: Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles?
1: And Mike Bozich.
0: Smoking Gun Shaman Hall. Production Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! Right, yeah. That just happened! That just happened!
3: Touch that dial. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And boy, Mike, do we have some exciting things coming up uh, on our program today, but also uh, some exciting stuff uh, in North America tonight with the uh, opening of Woodbine Mohawk Park. Obviously, Mohawk has been open for years and years and years, but uh, it's the start of a new era of racing in Ontario.
1: Yeah, and certainly is. And by the way, before we get into the harness racing discussion, just a, a public service announcement for everybody in the uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware area. Today is free coffee day at Wawa, so please exercise caution when you go into the Wawa. We've already gotten reports of uh, <laughs> uh, some uh, civil unrest. violence and some some fisticuffs uh, around the coffee station. So uh, please. Exercise caution when you visit your local Wawa, but do not exercise (laughs) caution when you visit Woodbine – when you visit uh, Mohawk Woodbine Park. Mike, that's going to – is it Woodbine Mohawk or Mohawk Woodbine? Woodbine Mohawk Park. Woodbine Mohawk. That's what I thought, but great, great stuff. Opening day is tonight at 730, and uh, I'll tell you what. I was reading the DRF article that was posted about a day and a half ago. And $10 million of renovations into this place. It is uh, going to be the full time harness racing uh, capital of Toronto, so to speak. 168 race cars throughout the span of 2018. And uh, opening day, or opening night is tonight, post time. 7:30 they have free PP's on their website and our good friend Garnet Barnesdale is going to be doing some real time handicapping on um, the RF harness so make sure you check that out on Twitter and Facebook and Mike you will be there on Saturday night if I get across the
3: border, yes, I will be there on uh, Saturday night. And, uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, myself and Garnett still gonna be around taking some photos. Uh, Kate's gonna join us. Uh, she's gonna take some pictures. I think uh, Garnett said he's gonna feed her uh, some of that 99-cent popcorn or uh, something That's like awesome. that. So uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to hit him up on that. But uh, if you saw the if you saw the Twitter discussion, we'll be splitting pizza and uh, hot dogs and everything because uh, because uh, the, of our uh, gambling strategies uh, don't necessarily work up there but uh anyways no it's gonna be a good time uh, the three of us are gonna be walking around taking some photos stop down say hello uh if you stop and say hello to me while you're there um you have a chance to uh be on our show on pepsi north america cup night we're gonna have a probably about a what a 10 minute handicapping segment mike uh yep. you know before the race starts and uh we'd love to have somebody local on the program and uh what we'll do is we will bring you on the show for a little bit talk to you a little bit about what you do what you do in the sport of harness racing whether it be a fan or anything like that and then uh we'll you know we'll dive into the handicapping but the only way to do that is to stop and say hello to me this saturday at woodbine mohawk park Uh, i'll be walking around and a post time with mike and mike uh hat uh a polo and uh Mike, it's going to be 65 in Cuyahoga Falls. It's going to be 35 at Woodbine Mohawk Park. So I'll be wearing the post-time with Mike and Mike Jacket, too.
1: Sounds good. You'll be the post-time with Mike and Mike mascot roaming the grandstands, the newly $10 million renovated grandstand. And this taken from uh, Mark McKelvey's press release just a couple of days ago. Racing fans and customers will immediately notice a fresh feel this season when entering the grandstand. The front entrance is revamped with the new Woodbine branding and updated and updated to include a social media wall and a legends row highlighting highlighted by Hall of Fame Standard Some Sunbeach Somewhere, and San Pale. And uh, let's see, it goes on to say that the Mohawk Harvest Kitchen will be another one of the exciting new features to the facility. It replaces the former terrace lounge and it's equipped with a brand new full service kitchen. Also features a locally inspired chef's menu incorporating quality ingredients that are locally grown, locally sourced, and sustainable. The terrace dining room's undergone a facelift, new glass windows, the addition of corporate box suites. Two new suites offer a comfortable setting to enjoy live racing while celebrating a special occasion and can accommodate up to 20 people each. And opening weekend features several specially priced welcome back offers for fans, ranging from food and drinks. To wagering. So, some good, good stuff uh, going on up there. And speaking of good stuff, Mike, uh, coming up on our newsletter a little bit later on tonight. If you don't know about the Post Times newsletter, make sure you log on to Post Time with Mike at Mike.com or join our mailing list. Just email Mike at Post Time with Mike and Mike.com and say add me, and we'll make sure we get this newsletter to your front door each and every Thursday evening. But we had a chance to sit down with track announcer Ken Middleton and you were mentioning it before the show about Ken Middleton's call, the last race ever at Woodbine Racetrack and how much he's looking forward to going to uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park uh, for full-time harness racing. So check that out, Ken Middleton. Mike, obviously, uh will go one of the best track announcers of all time when it's said and done.
3: Oh, for sure. Uh, He did a fantastic job. I'm actually working on pulling up uh, the stretch drive for maybe uh, later on uh, in the program. And, you know, it it just it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it was a highly emotional time, uh, so to speak. Mike, I was watching it Monday night and, you know, you could just hear the excitement and passion in his voice. And uh, I know he loves calling the races at uh, Mohawk, but uh, Woodbine uh, is obviously an end of an era there.
1: Yeah, so he kind of opened up to us a little bit in that interview. You can catch it on the Post-Times newsletter coming up this evening. Also, Mike, open another, there's another opening day, and it's tomorrow night. That's right, tomorrow night.
0: You track is that? I, track, I don't remember.
1: That's Harris, Philadelphia, my friend. I'm, b- I'm back in business. <laughs> back in business. So Thank you, God. You don't have to worry about text at 3 in the morning with ideas anymore. <laughs>
3: Thank, Thank God. Another- I am so ready for
1: the I know Francine's <laughs> ready for this day about as much as I am. He's going she, back
3: to work, Francine.
1: She's it down on her calendar, but that's coming up tomorrow night, 630. And, uh, great. Um, looking forward to it. The Friday nights there, we raced four Friday nights last year in honor of some closed race tracks in the area, Brandywine and, uh, Liberty Bell Garden State Park. And uh, this year, I believe we're gonna we're gonna throw in some Friday nights as well. Obviously, opening night will be, uh, tomorrow night will be Friday night, and the Friday night crowds there are very very good, uh, you know, very exciting. Should have very nice weather for tomorrow. It's supposed to get up to close to eighty degrees here tomorrow, so that's uh, fantastic news for opening day at Harrows Philly. And uh, once again, post time tomorrow six thirty. Of course, uh, we've got the traditional. Uh, Three big races coming up towards the end of May, Uh, the Betsy Ross, the Maxie Lee, and there'll be another Invitational uh, that's been named for historic figures in Pennsylvania Racing uh, for open pacers. And there's a new series for open pacers as well that'll be uh, going on throughout the year. So big doings coming up, Harris, Philadelphia, tomorrow night, opening day, a brand new track surface as well, uh, Mike. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a handicapping hint uh, from what I've observed and what I've heard is that Harris Phillies banked a little more uh, than it has been in its 11 years of existence? So keep that in mind. I would believe that that would help closers a little more. Harris is pretty much, from a handicapping point of view, been predominantly a speed track. You want to be up close, you know, second, third, fourth, or on the lead. But uh, closers might have a little bit more of a shot coming up this meet at Harris Philly. So just a little handicapping 101 for you
3: listen, instead of going 47, they'll be going 46 there. Uh, you know, I, I've seen no. what the bank tur- – well, no, I've seen what the bank – I'm not trying to be funny either. The bank turns yeah. of Northfield uh, for sure <laughs> have caused uh, some pretty big miles, Mike. I mean, we've seen 49 miles in the open uh, at Northfield Park. So it's uh, – you know, the banking, uh, it's almost like a NASCAR track, uh, so to speak. Uh, you know, you, our, our tracks are kind of compared to uh, – for those NASCAR fans out there like Bristol – where the tracks are really high banked up and, uh, it really contributes to the speed. So, uh, it'll be exciting to uh, see that. So, uh, make sure you check out Harris, Philadelphia tomorrow night. Mike will have to, might have to put you on the big
1: screens, uh, at Northfield, let's see what
3: happens. But uh, uh, well, it...
1: well, absolutely. You're you're in you're in tomorrow night. So yeah, you'll have to make that happen, my friend. Uh, but make sure you check us out tomorrow. Harris Philly six thirty post time. Uh, day one of one fifty, and it's supposed to be beautiful, beautiful weather. So if you're in the area, stop by Harris Philadelphia tomorrow night. Harrington is another track that just opened up uh, not too long ago. And we have the assistant general manager, Matt Sparacino. He's going to be joining us on the program here in just a few minutes. Let's set up the show, Mike. Matt Sparacino is going to be joining us. We've also got the former president of the Michigan Harness Horsemen's Association, Brett Boyd, joining us. And Mike, we've got a big day coming up at Jackson. We're going to talk to Brett a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a special afternoon. It's our New Vocations telethon.
3: Uh, we're going to be selling some advertising to that. One hundred percent of the proceeds will go back to New Vocations. Um, and Mike and I have kind of talked about uh, our goals for that. And our goal is uh, right around, what, Mike, around uh, $5,000. So uh, we're looking between advertising and the telethon to make right at $5,000. So uh, we're very, very, very excited about that. It's going to be a special day, special afternoon. Myself and Jessica Hott will be on site at Jackson Raceway. And uh, Mike, Winnie morgan is going to join us as well, I believe. So it's going to be a great afternoon.
1: Yeah, it certainly will be, uh, so uh, Brett's going to talk a little bit about that. Plus, uh, let's see, who else we have? Jason Settlemore, the boss at the Meadowlands, is going to be joining us uh, around uh, 1130 or so. Plus, Pete Madhurst, it's our biweekly Rosecroft segment. We're going to catch up and see what's going on uh, at the Maryland's Harness, uh, one of two Maryland's uh, race tracks in the state of Maryland as far as harness racing is concerned. And can you believe, Mike, it's already the fifth and final leg of the George morton Leeby series, Pete Finale from Yonkers, the uh, heart and soul, and the brainchild behind the Hilltop Helper will be joining us as well. And Mike, real quick before we get to Matt, down to the final not four, we're down to the final five. <laughs> in our George Morton-Levy Bracket Buster Tournament. And uh, I'll tell you what, we avoided the ties for the first couple weeks, but the last couple weeks, you know, we've uh, had some some tough matchups. Yeah, definitely.
3: Uh, it's it's uh, it's we've had some tough matchups, tough ties, and you know that's where we sort sort of get the ties. Mike is towards the end uh, where people start to figure out what horses are kind of key, and so they kind of key on the same horses. So uh, it'll be exciting to see how this kind of all finishes up. But uh, we're down to five after tomorrow night. We'll be down to four. I hope. And then from there, uh, the final four automatically cash. So as long as you're in the top four, actually, if you're in the top three, not involved in the tie right now, you are cashing
1: in this thing. So it's, uh, that's some exciting news for some of those people. And who are the final five in the Georgia-Morning Levy uh, Bracket posted Tournament? You have to f- – wait a minute. you got to check out the newsletter tonight to okay, find I out. I thought I was going to have to pull it up. up. I was getting a little nervous there. <laughs> we've got profiles on all five of the remaining – uh, participants in the George Morton-Levy Bracket Buster Series. They're a lot of fun. That That's a lot of fun. We we did that last year with uh, 32, and we upped it to 64 and got a great response. So I think that might be something that's here to stay, Mike. Anyway, when we come back, Matt Sparacino, the assistant general manager of Harrington Raceway, will be joining us. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by BetAmerica.
4: At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way.
0: Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join Revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information.
3: Post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, hits the road in 2018 by coming to your city starting on Saturday, May 26th, for the Luck Classic at Western Fair Raceway. On Saturday, June 16th, we invade Mohawk Racetrack for the very first time as we broadcast the Pepsi North America Cup. On Sunday, July 8th, is the New Vocations Telethon at Jackson Fairgrounds in Jackson, Michigan. Saturday, July 14th is our first trip of the year to Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as we head to the Meadowlands page. On Saturday, August 4th, we return for the Hamiltonian Stakes. We return to Hoosier Park Racing and Casino on Friday, August 10th for the Dan Patch Stakes and back again on Friday, September 21st for the Hoosier Pacing Derby. For more information, visit posttimewithmikeandmike.com.
1: New Vocations Race Adoption Program. Retrain,
5: rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more
1: at newvocations.org. Back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Embed America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Garner. Before we get to Matt per- uh, Sparacino, the assistant general manager at Harrington, our, uh, our get well wishes go out to uh, certainly a special individual in the sport of harness racing, Mike. Big Mike, as uh, what the harness racing world knows him by, uh, works for uh, George T. Instrumental. You know, Wiggler Jiggler and all the uh, great horses that the Teague Partnership has had over the years is battling some medical issues. And we understand he's in the hospital. So big get well wishes uh, out to big Mike. Mike.
3: Yeah, definitely. Uh, We understand that uh, he's going through some things, uh, so uh, we hope that he uh, recovers very quickly from that. Well, we're joined now by Matt Sparacino, the assistant general manager at Harrington Raceway. And, Matt, I've been to a ton of the racetracks uh, between Rosecroft and Dover, but uh, Harrington is one place I have yet to make a stop. Talk to us a little bit about uh, what's happening out there and uh, what's coming up this year.
6: Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, Thanks for having me on this morning. You You got a lot of M's on the mic this morning, post time with Mike, Mike, and Matt. <laughs> That's right. We love the
1: mighty M. We got well, you know. There's a lot of M's in the harness racing too. You got the mighty M. You got the big M. Now you got the three M's. <laughs>
6: That's right. Uh, yeah, we we opened up uh, April 9th, uh, which was just this past Monday. Uh, we race a pretty much a three-day schedule most of the meet, Monday through Wednesday. We do uh, when we have our customary hiatus in July and uh, early August. We do return for two-day schedule August uh, 20th on Monday and Tuesday for the balance of August and then we're back on uh, Monday through Wednesday schedule through October 24th but uh, we had a great crowd here opening night for our return we did start a little bit earlier this year than we, we have in previous years we started two weeks earlier than we did last year we were greeted by some unseasonably cooler temperatures than we're used to for our opening it was only about You know, 40 degrees, but uh, the fans came out, we had a good night of racing, and uh, last night we were treated to having the richest horse uh, in harness racing here for, as far as seasonal earnings and have happenstance, a great trotter of um, Jack and Carol Parker's that uh, won our open event last night, so it's always a a treat to get a horse like that here to augment our overnight program, and uh, our race secretary, Kevin Mack, does a terrific job with that, and we're glad to be back in action.
1: Harrington's always uh, one of those fun, old-time tracks. Uh, I mean, it's got the signature silo in the background. It's, uh, it's kind of a, a countryish track a little bit uh, down in Harrington, Delaware. But when it's the most fun is when the fair comes into town, and you've got, uh, you know, you got the fair and all the rides, and then, of course, you've got exciting harness racing. And I know, Matt, that's a point of the year that you guys look forward to each and every year.
6: Absolutely, you know, and you know, as you mentioned, you know, we've been around a long time. This is our 72nd year of, of live racing, and and of course, the Delaware State Fair has, has been around longer than that, and has such a great tradition. And we are located on the on the Delaware State Fairgrounds, and we do race uh, annually during the Delaware State Fair, generally the the second Thursday of the fair, which is a 10-day event, and that's our richest day of the year, which generally. Uh, over 600,000 in total purses, which is which is a big day for us and uh, sort of highlighted by the three-year-old uh, Delaware Standard Bread Breeders Fund finals are that day. We also have some staples for the older horses, the Governor's Cup, the Legislator's Cup, uh, the Charles Murphy Memorial Trot. These are races that are kind of a focal point for our horsemen. They they circle that day every year, beginning of the year, to have a horse on that day Racing is, is sort of considered, a you know, an honor and a privilege. There's a camaraderie of sorts behind it, and, and, and we've got our biggest crowd of the year during that day. The governor's here, a number of legislators, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just a, a fun environment. And, uh, you know, the, the Delaware State Fair being the backdrop, of course, uh, it's, you know, it's a big day. A lot of work goes into it, but uh, it's our biggest day of the year, and, and, and without a doubt, probably our best program as well.
3: Well, Matt, that's actually uh, a day that uh, we at Northfield Park kind of looked at last year. Uh, The Delaware Standard Bread Fund, uh, the three-year-old Colt and Gelding Pace, uh, last year we had Jason Skinner uh, invited to the Carl Milstein Memorial after that uh, impressive victory in that race. And, you know, the Delaware Standard Bread Breeders Fund, um, you know, those races uh, have produced some very, very strong horses, Uh, obviously Wiggly Jiggly coming from the state of Delaware um, last year. Uh, Jason Skinner's big horse uh, came from the state of Delaware So, you know, the the breeding in Delaware uh, is not, by a long shot, uh, anything that should be ignored, that's for sure
6: No, you're right You know, these horses um, have stepped up, you know, to the national stage, you know, time and time again You do see it In fact, um, the Delaware horses in general, just this past weekend at the Meadowlands I think it was the f- first race or... Uh, on either friday or saturday i'm not sure which night i believe it was friday but uh... the the, the first two horses in that race had been racing at dover uh, you know the horses that'll probably be here uh... at some point and uh... Yeah, it's nice to see our our horses step up on the on the national stage and do well you mentioned wiggle jigglelet jiggle he's got a tremendous following here everybody people that have no affiliation with the sport know about the horse and you know I keep, I go to the grocery store and I'll have somebody ask me about the horse that I've never met before and uh you know just this is a small town environment and and, and with a lot of pride and when you have a horse like that uh with the local tide that brings you know attention nationally and and, and the teagues, and Clyde Francis works so hard, and uh you know to have a horse like that in our area is is really special and uh we certainly you know look forward to him getting back on the track as well
1: visiting with Matt Sparacino, the Assistant General Manager at Harrington Raceway. Matt, you know, Delaware is known as the first state, and actually Delaware was the first state to kind of enact uh, expanded gaming in uh, partnership with Harness Racing and Horse Racing. And uh, so you guys have kind of been the first to do that, and you've uh, had that relationship for quite a while. Where does that relationship stand? How does the future look as far as Delaware Harness Racing goes?
6: Well, you're right. You know, we were we were kind of one of the the first uh to have that relationship with the um slot machines and you know, the alternate gaming and and as you know, it's no secret that unfortunately, uh, you know, this industry needs another revenue stream and you know, that's been very critical to uh, our livelihood and it's been here since 1996, I believe was the first year. Uh, you know, it's, it's still a a healthy industry here. It's the percentage of money that was allocated to the purses was lowered from 12% to, I think it's 10 and three quarters percent, uh, by the previous administration, uh, in 2009. Uh, we do have a new governor now and, um, there are some some things being talked about in relation to the the current formula and and as it pertains to the the ten and three quarter percent of the slot win being diverted to the purses and that's something that may be looked at uh, and it's being talked about going forward and and certainly would help give uh, this industry a shot in the arm. Is it's so difficult to compete obviously with states that have. Uh, you know, much higher populations and 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 uh you know, the vibrant uh, casinos of course Pennsylvania, New York, you know, in in Ohio now as well. So, uh you know, we were one of the first to get up and up and running with that, but everybody's kind of caught up around us. So, it's always a challenge to remain competitive, but it's still a healthy industry uh here in Delaware.
1: That's one of those things, Matt. I think that's never going to change. I mean, because you've got term limits and you've got, you know, politicians and lawmakers and decision makers, you know, going uh, in and out of power all the time. And so it's very important, obviously, to, you know, continually educate our uh, legislatures on the uh, the benefits of, of harness racing and horse racing. Uh, obviously, very, very important and something that's uh, You know, got to be continued. But, Matt, real quick before we let you go, this is your first time on Post Time with Mike and Mike. We've talked a little bit about Harrington. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in the business?
6: Well, I I had a little bit of an unconventional path into the industry from, you know, most people that that I have met over the years, and and I've been here since 2000. Most people seem to have have had some relationship with their family, you know, having horses. You know, in some form or another, that was not the case with with me. In fact, I never even went to the racetrack until I was 16. Uh, I went with my dad, and I also had a a close friend of mine in high school that uh, his family had horses, and and he liked to go to the the races. So I tagged along with him a few times. And, you know, I'll I'll be honest with you, I didn't love it at first. It it kind of um, was a slow... Um, you know, a slow admiration that developed for the sport, but you know, eventually it got into my blood, and, and uh, you know, the more the more I was around it, the more I enjoyed it. And uh, as so many others have said, you know, you realize you're you, you know you're going to spend enough time at the track, you might as well get paid for it. So, <laughs> I you know, yeah, I ended absolutely, up, uh, I ended up. Uh, I was actually. Writing for a local newspaper while I was in high school and in college, and did a weekly um, harness racing column because uh, there was a lot of horses in the area, and and there was a, a big following. And and you know, as as you guys know, unfortunately, it's always a challenge with with our media. You know, there is a a learning curve, and there's many that are intimidated that uh, with with our sport and trying to cover it, and you know, with our various you know jargon, and uh, you know, sometimes when you hear somebody talking about a harness race or you know, horse race in general general, you know, second over, parked, blind switch, you know, all these terms people think you're you know, speaking a foreign language because they have no right. idea <laughs> what you're referring to. So there's an intimidation factor I think sometimes with, with people that aren't familiar with our sport and, and there was a demand in our area at the time. I grew up in Maryland and uh on the eastern shore of Maryland there was a lot of guys that have horses, there still are and uh, fortunately for me you know there was uh, the demand for coverage and i, I kind of fell into a nice role and that also helped helped me uh be introduced to the business further and um when i got out of college uh i had the opportunity to, to come here at, at Harrington and, and uh it's been a it's been a great run and and i still love the game uh, as much as i did 20 years ago so um you know i had a little bit of an unconventional path but uh you know, I, I love the sport, and I came into it as a fan, and and twenty years later, I'm still a fan.
1: Good stuff, Matt Sparacino, the assistant GM over at Harrington Raceway. And Matt, real quick, the uh, I know you talked about it right in the beginning, but anybody that's in the area that may want to know your racing schedule, why don't you repeat that again?
6: Sure, it's uh, Monday through Wednesday through June 27th, and we do have a, a customary break in July. Uh, but we do race July 26th, of course, during the Delaware State Fair. That's a special 7 p.m. post time. And then uh, our schedule will resume August 20th, two days a week, Monday and Tuesday, uh, for the 20th, 21st, 27th, 28th. And then we're back on a Monday through Wednesday schedule, September 3rd through October 24th. And I also – I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our Bobby Quillen Memorial. That's our kind of our signature event here. That's September 17th. It features – Annually we've had some of the sport's best horses. Um, you know, of course Horse of the Year wiggle it jiggle it, foiled again three times, won the event, uh, Maltese artist, so it's it's been kind of a who's who in, in harness racing over the years for that great event and uh we look forward to that every year as well.
1: Great stuff. Well listen, we'll stop by and see you, my friend.
6: Love to have you at the Quillen. I appreciate the invite and and uh keep doing the great work you're doing promoting the sport.
1: All right, thank you, Matt. Thank you. That was Matt Sparacino, the assistant general manager at Harrington. You know, Matt's one of them guys, and we've been doing this for two and a half years now, Mike. And and uh, he's one of those guys that I just had kind of had to pinch myself like, really? This guy's making his post-side with Mike and Mike debut? <laughs> Lots of good
3: information from him And what yeah. a nice guy Super, super nice guy And, uh, you know, they do a fantastic job Out there at Harrington It's kind of uh, kind of an off-the-market track a little bit You don't hear too much noise out of Harrington uh, Other than their press releases But boy, do they get some good horses How about NF Happenstance showing up there uh, yeah. In their uh, open trot So uh, kudos to those guys They do a fantastic job
1: Absolutely it's uh, If you've ever been there, it's an uh, old-school feel I mean, it's Kind of like getting back to your roots in the sport of harness racing. A great, great track, Harrington Raceway. Make sure you give it a visit. When do we come back, it's the former MHHA, Michigan Harness Horseman's Association, President Brett Boyne, plus Jason Settlemore a little bit later on in the broadcast. Our good friend Pete Medhurst. The Pete's Pete Medhurst and Pete Finale will be joining us uh, as well. So still a lot left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by America. 12 championship races. The captain,
4: not to be denied. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick going to coast
1: home a champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018, coming to the downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching
0: up the rail, modern legend there, 40-
1: in 1, 47
0: and 3. That's the new track record.
1: Competitive racing and full fields equal big payouts. Six roses and 35 to 1. Bang, soon go the fireworks. Catch exciting live harness racing at Rosecroft Raceway. Two days a week. Every Wednesday at 6.40 and Sunday at 4.40. Rosecroft has an industry low 12% takeout on the pink five. Rosecroft Raceway. We race. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter back. It's both time with Mike and Mike presented by our good friends at BetAmerica. Make sure you visit them at BetAmerica.com. Always great bonuses, always the best in action, whether it be harness, thoroughbred racing, even dog racing, depending on uh, what state you live in. So make sure you check them out. It's BetAmerica.com. Right now we're joined by the former president of the Michigan Harness Orsmans Association, Brett Boyd. Brett, how are you, buddy?
2: Great. How are you guys? Appreciate all you guys do.
1: Well, certainly, and uh, likewise, ditto. Uh, I mean, obviously, Brett, you've and continued to fight for uh, harness racing uh, in the state of Michigan, and obviously we lost another, perhaps the uh, biggest blow, even though they were racing thoroughbreds the last three or four years, but uh, Hazel Park Raceway. And, uh, and Brett, we, we stood in that booth. We've called uh, many a million-dollar nights there back when it was a million-dollar night at Hazel Park Raceway, and that's certainly a, a, a big-time blow.
2: Absolutely, uh, tons of memories there. If, if you look over the history of harness racing,
1: um,
2: so many Hall of Famers got their start uh, at Hazel Park and uh, raced there on you know every given weekend during the summer. So, um, a lot of great memories there. It's certainly uh, a tough one to swallow from a revenue perspective for our existing horsemen, even though they were a thoroughbred facility. Um, there's going to be some significant significant impact on our Ag Equine Fund. Uh, because of the loss of hazel park and that um, uh, goes into our breeders awards our sire stakes program our fair programs Um, so the impact is going to be substantial Um, and uh, you know it's it's uh, just another door closed and uh, I still remain uh, optimistic believe it or not Mike and you know me long enough to know that you know, the power of a positive mind, but I I actually believe there's going to be some opportunities for, for additional revenue coming forward. Um, and we're just going to have to wait and see. We do still have a lot of good friends in the uh, legislature. Um, I think there are some folks despite our struggles over the years that still believe in our industry and, uh, the powerful economic impacts of racing. And, um, you know, we're, we're on life support, but, um, I still believe that there's, there's some things coming in the very near future uh, that could uh, at least give us a lifeline and give us a chance to reinvent ourselves here in Michigan.
3: Well, Brett, coming up in July, uh, we head out to you at Jackson Raceway, and this is an event that uh, has kind of come together over the last couple of months. Uh, talk to us a little bit about it. I know we're excited to come out and do a uh, live remote from out there and kind of check the place out for the first time.
2: Absolutely. Uh, it's kind of – for me, a, a very, very bittersweet, um, uh, event because, uh, my wife and I and our family and, uh, with the help of Sam Riker, uh, you know, put in a gallant effort to reopen Jackson a few years ago. Um, and literally got 99 out of a hundred steps. Uh, we just couldn't get the gaming control board to move the, the purse money over to Jackson. So in some ways, uh, I hate to look back, but we, we probably should have been racing there this summer. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, uh, a big uh, tip of the hat to Mike way and, uh, some folks with the MHHA uh, putting together, uh, you know, kind of a farewell event. Um, like I said, for me, it's very, it's going to be very difficult to swallow because, uh, the city of Jackson, uh, had a real passion for horse racing and, um, there's a ton of, positive development and investment going on in Jackson right now. And um, I'm sure they're going to really support the, uh, the event. It's going to be great. Kind of a final farewell to get some horsemen together and race a few times. Uh, but uh, it's a, to be very honest, a very tough pill to swallow. Um, but it's going to be a great event. We're so honored to have you guys there. Um, we're going to see a lot of faces uh, that, you know, got their start. I know for me personally, that's where I, I I got the itch. I was probably about three, three four years old and, uh, you know, trying to climb up the fence uh, to, to watch the horses come down the stretch. And uh, so it's it's a it's a tough one to swallow, but it's going to be a great event, and uh, a lot of uh, Michigan horsemen are certainly looking forward to it.
1: You know, Brett, visiting with Brett Boyd, the uh, former MHHA president, Michigan Harness Horsemen Association. You know, Brett, uh, the last couple of years that Jackson was open and the uh, and you know, you and, and Dan Rakatan and and a couple of others uh, really had a major impact on the success there at Jackson. But I remember uh, being at Hazel Park, and we would look at some of the Jackson numbers. And I'll I'll be honest, this might be the first time I've ever told you this, but I mean, you probably knew this, oh so I know you knew this. But there were some there were some nights where, at least from a live basis, you guys live outhandled Hazel Park and that was un that was an unbelievable uh uh task I mean because you know Hazel Park was always the big dog there and and uh you know for Jackson to outhandle Hazel Park on a live racing night at a few occasions is is unheard of but that obviously goes to the the testament of the blood sweat and tears that you guys put into the Jackson Raceway and for those of you that have never been to Jackson I mean you guys got great crowds you guys had uh cheap beer live entertainment and uh i mean you you were you were you called races basically from every point i think ever i mean you you were driving a horse and you called race for crying out loud you were (laughs) you were walking through the crowd calling horses you were putting kids on the mic i mean it was really uh a fun fun atmosphere and and uh boy if we could only turn back the clock
2: oh my gosh you know uh, that's why um you know we i literally walked away from the MHA and uh uh and walked pretty much walked away from my businesses as well for about a year as i really pursued Jackson because of we saw the magic i mean mike it was magic and we had nights close to 4000 people and i'm talking people just having a great time and um you know lots of giveaways you know tip the hat to Dan Rackton he He always gave me the arsenal. You know, he, he put $200 in in betting vouchers in my pocket and we walked around uh, and we talked to people, um, you know, on their birthdays and, you know, just really got active and involved with the fan base and, you know, with it being a limited summer meet and at Jackson, you're right on top of of the horses and the drivers. And um, we, we really got the drivers involved with, you know, throwing the t-shirts. And I mean, it was just magical. And, um, and people were, it was just so hard to believe that, that Mountaineer gaming walked away from. And I know, you know, the, the, the chance for, uh, additional gaming kind of disappeared. Um, but for anyone that was there uh, on a Saturday night, uh, in the last couple of years, it was like magic. And, uh, and we really started to build our live attendance. I mean, there was nights, you know, we said, hey, I, I remember we used to have the keg count. And, uh, you know, how many kegs can we go through tonight? And and Dan would call me and get in, in touch with me and goes, you're not going to believe this. We just went over 50 kegs. And uh, just people wow. having a great time, enjoying the races, you know, dollar hot dogs, dollar bets. And it was magical. And I... I wanted so desperately to repeat that. Um, that was really my vision to try to get Jackson back open. Um, but, you know, who knows what the future is going to bring. I, I got to remain positive. Things happen for a reason. Um, and at some point, sometime, I'd like to try to duplicate that magic somewhere. And, you know, I uh, I know I talked to you, Mike, about the possibility of, you know, coming and helping us or, or at least, you know, there when you put a bunch of people together that are very passionate about people and very passionate about our business, you know, some great things can happen. And even though in Michigan, I mean, the light keeps getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. um, I can't help but be positive about the future of our business. And sometimes I think we almost have to die before we can come back. And um, I do know that we get some, some positive people. Um, We have some great people in the legislature that still believe in our business. And someday, somehow, some way, um, I see a future. And uh, I'm not sure where it's going to be, but we can duplicate that magic. And it was magical at Jackson, it was great.
3: Well, Brad, I got to tell you what, uh, seeing a few of your horses come through Northfield, uh, being able to call a few of your horses, it uh, it, it kind of reminds me uh, uh, of kind of where where I came from. I remember we we talked a couple of times when I was first uh, starting my career out. So it's always good to see some of your horses out at uh, Northfield. And uh, talk to us uh, real quick uh, before we let you go about your stable. How's uh, how are the horses doing, and uh, wh- what do you expect going forward?
2: Yeah, I'm. I've, I've been. I'll tell you. I have other trainers that that uh, uh laugh at me and other people say you know why would you ever leave Cleveland I, I don't know I've I my horses have always done well there um always you know the the race office the judges the officials yourself are always very professional very nice you know and and that doesn't always happen to a Michigan guy coming to Ohio <laughs> but uh I've always had great success there uh, Megatron had a great year last year he's on his way back and uh, he'll be certainly there at Northfield uh, racing tonight down at Hoosier Park uh, with a mare that uh, suffered a major injury as a two-year-old uh, called Get Out the Diamonds. And I know, uh, Michael, you had probably some fun calling her a couple wins there at Northfield. She's, she has some difficulty navigating the turn sometimes, but she's an extremely, extremely talented filly. Got really high hopes for her tonight in the 10th race at Hoosier Park. Um, and then we got best in the business. Uh, I sent him down to Florida you know, he's treated my family so well. Uh, he gets to kind of semi-retire in Florida. I sent him down with James Yoder. Uh met James last year out at Running Aces, a outstanding young horseman and, and a good guy, and uh, sent him best gets to kind of semi-retire. We happened, the whole family happened to be down to Pompano on Sunday to see him get a victory, and uh, he's an absolute blessing to uh, my family. Uh been tremendous to us, and we're just trying to take care of him he's taking care of us for a long time and super super excited about this summer i have two uh really nice indiana breads uh three-year-old trotter called captain american and a two-year-old pacing philly uh called uh, i'm going i'm only gonna tell you once i'm only gonna tell you once she's a tell it like it is philly both are training extremely well in florida but they'll be coming home soon and uh I don't know. I'm looking forward to a great summer, be down to Cleveland, down at Hoosier park and a little bit at Northville downs.
1: Fantastic. Well, Brett, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Best of luck to you going forward. And, uh, we'll uh, check in with you. Maybe as uh, is the event that Jackson gets a bit closer.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for all you guys do. Uh, you guys have a tremendous passion for the business and, um,
1: and, uh,
2: I respect that so very much what you guys do for our business every single day. And, uh, Thank you again for the opportunity to be on here, and uh, good luck to everybody.
1: All right, right back at you, Brett. Thanks, buddy.
2: Thank you. Take care, guys.
1: All right, that was Brett Boyd, former MHHA president. Mike, you can just hear the passion that he has for this business and harness racing, and I've had a front row ticket to it for a long, long time. And I'll tell you, they don't get much more passionate than Brett Boyd.
3: Yeah, that's for sure. He's been doing a lot of great things in Michigan, calling races uh, at the fairs over the past few years. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, what a great individual. Super nice guy, and he's willing to help out anybody.
1: All right, and uh, we can say much of the same about uh, our very next guest, and we're going to bring him in here very quickly because he's, uh, he's actually at work. He's taking care of business at work and trying to talk to us at the same time. He is the fine track announcer, the voice of Rosecroft Raceway, our man Pete Matters. Hi, Pete. Gentlemen, how are you? How are you, buddy? Doing fantastic. We just wanted to catch up with you, see what was going on at the beautiful Rosecroft Raceway. And uh, I'll tell you what, once again, I watched uh, quite a few races uh, last night and Sunday, and the races uh, have just... Been very, very exciting, a lot of close finishes. As a matter of fact, Mate called one yesterday, our good friend the natural <laughs> was filling in for it yesterday. And and I'm gonna tell you what, there was uh Jackie mccloud source at another hit the wire and uh he called Jackie source and I had to text him right after I said, Are you sure? <laughs>
7: yeah, I it's funny. Um uh Russ Adams, the photo finish guy, actually sent me a message. He goes, Yeah, and the guy called a really good close photo. I was like, Yeah, I watched the replay and uh, sure enough, I mean, look, and, and, and you I mean, you both know, because you've called races, feeling it for me <laughs> at Rosecroft, you know where our booth is, we are probably five to eight yards behind where the actual finish wire is, so, you know, we're not quite on the wire, so in a really, really close photo, you got to be careful, um, you know, especially with a horse on the inside, and uh, that's a gutsy call, and, and and give him credit. He he nailed it. And look, that's those are the minutes. Those are the things that we all judge each other by. You know, not necessarily the fans, because <laughs> I don't think the fans understand the angle. But you know what? You me when we all critique each other and we sit there, those are the kind of things that we notice. And that was a big, big ballsy call on his part. And I give him yeah. all the credit in the world yeah. well, for, well, for he, doing it. No doubt
3: well, about it. Well, 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 Pete, five minutes after that, I had the same thing happen to me at Northfield, and my, Mike texted me the same thing. Are you sure? Are you 100% positive? <laughs> so it, it was just funny that it happened back-to-back like that.
7: You know, Appropriately, I, the horse's name was Signor Dinero, and uh, obviously it brought some Dinero for uh, some backers at uh, Rosecrop last night.
1: Yeah, certainly. But, uh, you know, as veterans now, and I guess we're kind of all veterans and, you know, young Matei is kind of the youngster of the group. uh, You know, as you call photos, I think one thing, at least that I realize anyway, is you could get a hundred of those things right. You could get a hundred of the closest photos right (laughs) in the world, but the one that you and, and you'll never you'll never hear anything about it. But the one that you get wrong, boy, look out.
7: Uh, and, and you know what? Look, I mean, Mike, that's the, that's the nature of our business. I mean, and, and I go through it with all the different sports that I call, you know, you, you, know, you, you, you have an opportunity, you see it developing, and then all of a sudden you either identify the, the wrong, the wrong horse, the wrong name of the person who makes a play. And for all of the good that you've done for a minute and 55 seconds during that mile, what you got wrong in that one fifth of a second at the wire, is what everybody uh, is going to remember. And, and you know, I've related this story to, to you all. And, you know, when I filled in for Dave Rodman at Laurel Park, I mean, I consider Dave to be one of the top three race callers in the country. And you know when you fill in for someone of that caliber, there's an expectation of the customer that that's Laurel every day, the horsemen at Laurel who are used to Dave. You know, you have to meet that standard that that that, that person uh, sets at their particular a racetrack. And there's, you know, for people like us, we care. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, and I know you guys well enough. We care about what we sound like. We, we care about the product that we're relaying uh, to the horsemen who we're trying to uh, promote uh, at our tracks. And, you know, we, we care. If we get something wrong, we're going to beat ourselves up card. We could call 12 great races, but that one race we may, uh, you know, fumble or, or screw up a little bit, that's what's going to stick with us when we leave. Uh, the rest of the night and probably for a couple of days after that.
3: Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I had one last night that I, I can r- specifically remember. After a, uh, we had about a 40-minute delay, and I think uh, my mind uh, was kind of slipped a little bit for the race. Uh, you know, we've all been there where you know you've had that delay for some reason, and and all of a sudden your mind's got to get back into it after uh, after 40 minutes, and it's like, well, wait a minute, what just happened? But uh, let's talk a little bit about the racing going on at Rosecroft, uh, Pete. Uh, some great, great action uh, going on at Rosecroft Raceway. Some highly competitive races, and uh, like in the commercial, boom, go the fireworks. Talk about Price City at uh, that Maryland racetrack.
7: Yeah, no doubt. We have had uh, – and look, I mean, the wagerer to stay in the game, he's got to hit a ticket once in a while. Um, you know, and, and I look at it this case, in this case, and I'm not talking about a horse like Madiba last night in the 12th race to pay $35 with John Wagner driving. You know, that that's, that's a bit of an extreme. But – or even in the – I mean, the late double last night, you know, you got a $35 horse and a, and a $27 horse, uh, you know, in, in the late doubles. So if you stuck around for the late action, um, you know, you, you got a nice reward for, for betting uh, those last couple of races. But even so, I mean, I look at a a, a horse like, you know, Upfront Supersonic last night. You know, the, Brittany and Michael Bounds had a, a terrible fire uh, last year at their barn um, that obviously, you know, gutted their barn and and, and really – uh, took the, you know, it took the Eastern Shore, it took our, our industry in Maryland, uh, you know, really upset a lot of folks to see that happen to them. They have really rebounded this year. A couple of their new acquisitions up front, Supersonic A uh, picked up a win uh, last night. And it's a horse that pays, you know, thirteen eighty five forty three forty. Now, to me, the the knowledgeable better who's hitting that four or five to one shot uh, in a situation like that, that horse has raced well here lately, coupled with the favorite in the exacto there, you end up getting a $55 payout. And that, that's what keeps the person coming back because they feel like they are getting some reward for their value, sticking with the horse, um, you know, like upfront supersonic and, and seeing the horse perform multiple weeks now at, at a fairly high level. So I, I think that's the the thing that we're seeing. We're seeing a lot more consistency um, you know, as I said, having John Wagner back at our track now uh, just means so much uh, to the local horsemen. The betters are very familiar uh, with John Wagner. I mean, he, his mile last night was Cedar Hall Eris. Parked the entire mile. She was parked three wide to the quarter with another horse that was uh, stuck out there three wide. And, 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 you know, John's abilities kept the horse going. So a better who thinks in the first quarter his his almost three to one shot money is down the tubes, he ends up cashing seven eighty, four twenty, and 320 because a guy like John Wagner is back at our track and doesn't overdrive in a situation like that and is able to manufacture the horse uh, with effort uh, the entire way. And, and look, that's, that's, let's face it. You know, we watch horses. There's been a horse here at our track for the last few weeks at one point he was late last year. He was in $25,000 claimers at Dover. And for whatever reason, things just were not, he was not getting trips, was not getting uh, any racing luck, bluebird ideal. And, you know, you, find, you, you just keep sticking with those horses, but as we often talk about, you want to demand value. By the time Bluebird Ideal won, probably six weeks into our meet, you know, you got $3.80 because he plummeted all the way down to the bottom level. And those are, you know, those sometimes you, you end up taking, as I call it, beatings like that, uh, waiting on a horse. Because you guys know, as soon as you give up on a horse, that's when they pay a good price, and then you're kicking yourself uh, for the rest of the night that you didn't cash in.
1: Rosecroft track announcer, Pete Medhurst, joining us. Uh, Pete, let's stay with the handicapping uh, discussion about Rosecroft, and and the races are always so wide open there, and every once in a while – um, you know, you'll get an influx of some drivers that maybe come over from Delaware and Pennsylvania into Rosecroft. Guys like uh, th- that are familiar with the Rosecroft circuit, but just don't drive there, um, you know, on a, on a daily or even weekly basis. Guys like Tony Morgan, Corey Callahan, Vic Kirby, uh, Jonathan Roberts, in a lot of cases, you see these guys kind of like a revolving door come in and out. When you get these guys that come over um, and go up against the regulars, the likes of John Wagner and Frank Milby, how does that a- a- affect the? the handicapping for, for the regular customer there.
7: There's no doubt the other night, Tony Morgan was on our card the other night and he took money, uh, you know, left and right because people think Tony's only coming over here for a couple of drives. All these drives have to be live. Um, I don't think there's any question it affects it. Ross Wolfenden uh, has been with us uh, for the last couple of uh, Sundays as well. And, and that, you know, certainly has uh, brought some attention his way when Brett Birdingham brings a horse over you know the horse is live. I mean, they're, they're bringing it up, more often than not, it's in the open handicap, but you know the horse is live. There's no doubt, Mike, that that uh, affects the wagering. And, you know, even Allen Davis, I, I've, you know, kind of nicknamed him the Sunday specialist. He only races on Sundays, but he's got like 12 or 13 wins. So, uh, you know, when Allen's on a horse, you know, you, you feel comfortable betting that horse, even if it's at four or five to one, and maybe it's a driver change first time Allen Davis, uh, you know, if you like the horse, you're going to trust Alan Davis's hands on it. And, you know, unfortunately for us, it looks like Russell Foster's headed in that uh, vein now because he's doing so well over in Delaware that he's only going to be with us on Sunday nights because uh, Harrington will be live on Wednesday. And it looks like, for the most part, he's going to be staying over there. But, um, you know, there's no doubt uh, those guys make a difference in the wagering. But, you know, Frank Milby's still our leading driver uh, and is driving extremely well uh, this year uh, for us here at Rosecroft.
3: All right, Pete. Well, listen, before we let you go, uh, what
7: promotional stuff do you guys have coming up, and
3: uh, what's coming up at the Rosecroft?
7: No doubt, Gina Mabies want to be a driver contest. Still looking for entries uh, for the April opportunity. Folks can go to rosecroft.com and get information uh, about that, and also through the uh, Cloverleaf website. What Gina's done with that promotion has been outstanding, and the people that have had the thrill of sitting in the bike um, have really, really liked it. So, uh, that's, uh, that's the big one, uh, that coming up uh, this month here, uh, at Rosecroft Raceway and hope folks will uh, take the opportunity to reach out and, uh, have a chance to sit in the sulky.
5: All
3: right, Pete. Well, we certainly appreciate it, buddy. And listen, uh, continue coaching us young guys. We certainly appreciate it, my friend.
7: Hey man, you guys do, you guys do the great work. You don't need me to tell you what you're doing. You guys do great <laughs> stuff. Appreciate it as always, guys. Thank you.
3: All right, that was Pete Medhurst, the track announcer at Rosecroft Raceway and the Navy football announcer, and uh, he does a fantastic job at both. Actually, he does a lot more than just Navy football.
1: He does lacrosse. He would do speed skating if they asked him to, Mike. He, I'll tell you what, he is a jack of all trades, and he is equally as good as all of them. If you never heard Pete Medhurst call a, a football game, I'll tell you what, he, he gets it done. I've heard him plenty of times on the Navy football network, and they're just a great, great uh, – NFL caliber radio announcer. I have to tell you because he he is definitely an NFL caliber radio announcer. If you never had a chance to listen to him call a game, and if you're ever in that Annapolis, Washington D.C. area, make sure you uh, check out the Navy Radio Network. Still plenty left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike. And Mike presented by Beto- Bet America. Jason Suttlemore from the Meadowlands is in the on deck circle. Uh, plus, we're going to hear from Pete Finalia as well. And much, much more on Post Time with Mike and Mike. We'll be back in a moment. Keystone
0: Velocity in 1, 47 and 3. That's a new track record.
1: Competitive racing and full fields equal big payoffs. Six roses at 35 to 1. Bang, soon go the fireworks. Catch exciting. Live harness racing at Rosecroft Raceway. Two days a week. Every Wednesday at 640 and Sunday at 440. Rosecroft has an industry low 12% takeout on the pink five. Rosecroft Raceway, we
2: race.
3: Eight seven eight two extension five 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 five. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by the Chief Executive Officer at Metallands Racing and Entertainment, Jason Settlemore. Jason, how's it going?
2: Good, guys. How's everything going with you?
3: Not too bad, uh, Jason. So let's
2: talk a little bit about this
3: uh, survivor wager that you guys have at the Meadowlands. And boy, has it really taken off and uh, allowed for some pretty big scores uh, for people who, you know, don't necessarily have to deal with the jackpot part of it, uh, but it allows them to be uh, the only ticket and still take home a pretty big score.
4: Yeah, no, listen,
8: to me, I think it's a great wager. Um, Eric Cherry had came to us with the idea uh, several years ago, and then it took uh, three or four years to actually get it implemented uh, through the uh, uh, Sport Tech, our wagering company, and then to get it implemented with uh, United Tote and Amtote, um, and then, you know, to have it approved by the uh, New Jersey Racing Commission. I think it's a great wager, and like you said, it allows people to, to have a big score, um, you know, on a nightly basis, uh, but I th- feel that, uh, you know, right now we've had a little bit of uh, it being stagnant. Um, you know, it gets to between eighteen dollars and $20,000, and it, it generally stops, uh, you know, right in that ballpark area. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, uh, people to, to email me and, and tell me and give me some suggestions on uh, how we can make the wager better. Um, you know, and, and um, is it, I know a lot of people like the, uh, the jackpot, uh, style thing. So is it something where, you know, we pay half of it out and then, you know, roll, roll the other half over, um, you know, for, you know, a jackpot at some point in time. So, you know, um, but, you know, I, I like the wager myself personally, um, it, you know, it, I guess it, it has been a success, um, but uh, a mild success because I, I would have liked to have seen that wager uh, continue to grow. And it's it kind of become, you know, stagnant between 18 and $20,000. So uh, if anybody out there, you know, email me at Jay at play Let me know how you feel about uh, you know, taking, taking this wager and uh, um, you know, doing something different with it um, because I'd like to see this thing continue to grow. Uh, if we're going to continue to have it here because there is some speculation on the other side, Side of it that um, you know it has hurt handle a little bit in, in different uh, key categories, um, you know. But the, the late pick four has been has been very very successful since we eliminated the early pick four. But you know, going into the championship meet, we're looking at all the different uh, wagering opportunities that we're going to be able to present to our customers, um, and uh, you know, nothing's off the table at this point in time. But uh, we're coming up pretty quick on that championship meet, so. I like to hear from people and and what their thoughts are on the survivor wager and if we should go back to the old wagering format or um, what they, you know, if there's something different to keep the survivor wager and it growing, um, what they think that would be.
1: Jason Settlemore uh, joining us. Mike Bozich here. Jason, you probably, I mean, this is definitely kudos to your open door policy because you always make it a, a, a big point to try to listen to your customers. Your door is always open for new suggestions, uh, new ideas. And I'm sure that, you know, because of that open door policy, you get quite a few of them, including new wagers and, and new bets. And, you know, I guess the thing about the survivor, in my opinion anyway, is that it's it's such a, a new uh, wager and there's really not anything like it out there that it just may take some time uh, to grow. Do you feel that maybe with more time that you think this thing could grow or do you, do you, do you kind of think, from a a personal perspective that it's kind of hit its peak. I
8: I think from a personal perspective that it's probably hit its peak um, at this point in time, because, you know, I I pushed it and continued to push it uh, throughout the the winter. Um, And you just really, we could never really get past that 18 to $20,000 handle mark. Um, so I, I, you know, my opinion is that it's probably peaked. I'd like to see a thoroughbred track, try it like Naira or Gulf stream or, you know, even Tampa Bay downs. Um, you know, and, and see how it goes. One of the tracks that uh, in the thoroughbred world that bet quite a bit of money, um, and see how it goes with them. Uh, if one of those would jump on board and try it, I think that there's a possibility uh, that this that it could possibly grow uh, for us here at the Meadowlands as well with that exposure um, at a at a top thoroughbred track. So, um, you know, look, I mean, there there are points to both sides of the issue. Um, you know, uh, and I'm kind of. You know, like I said, I'm just looking for ideas and thoughts, you know, on how we can make it better um, and, and more appealing so we can get some more money in, in the pool. Uh, if We're going to continue to go on with it.
3: Now, Jason, one thing that the Meadowlands has always been fantastic about doing is listening to their customers and listening to their fan base in these certain situations. How important do you think that is when it comes to uh, running this kind of a business?
8: I think it's it's very very important. I you know my 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 employees uh, the employees here at here and at the the two tracks in upstate New York, Tioga Downs Casino and Vernon Downs Casino, and then uh, over at Winners OTW and Bayonne, uh, in which we operate over there. I you know I. Things that I drill to my employees are is that you know customer service, customer service. The customer's always right, even when they're wrong. Um, you know, in, in listening, I think is is a, is, is key to that. Um, and then having a clean facility where people can come into and feel comfortable. Um, and then in addition to that, uh, when, they, when they come in and, and it's clean and, and, and it, they have customer service, then it, that it's also uh, secure as well because I think that that's, you know, those are the three main ingredients for people to, to come out and have a good time is customer service and, and um, being able to, to listen to your customer's Um, and then, you know, the place being clean and uh, also, in addition to that, uh, being secure so that, you know, when people are in here, they feel feel secure while they're at your properties.
1: Visiting with Jason Spillmore. He is the uh, general manager, a man with many titles, uh, not only at uh, the Meadowlands, but obviously and Vernon and the off-track betting sites as well. Jason, uh, New Jersey, recently just got a new governor, Phil Murphy, um, and obviously – racetracks are always looking for a way to kind of make that legislative connection to try to, you know, better the product, to try to better the bottom line. What are some of the uh, political prospects going forward from your perspective in the state of New Jersey?
8: Well, I think that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think we're going to hear from the Supreme Court pretty shortly um, on sports wagering in in this country. um, And obviously uh, the Meadowlands racetrack, Um, I think we're positioned very, very well here, um, you know, with the 19 million people within the 40-mile square radius of us that, you know, to be able to do uh, sports wagering here, um, and particularly if it's also going to be um, an online process, um, you know, different than what it is in Las Vegas where you have to actually walk in, uh to a facility out there uh to open an account you would be able to possibly open an account online and um you know so we've been talking to um you know in in, in kind of looking forward to sports betting um, you know, here at the Meadowlands. I think it could be something that's a shot in the arm for us. And, um, you know, our relationship uh, is, is we have a good relationship with our legislators and uh, with Governor Murphy, and and uh, hopefully uh, that will pan out for us in the long run.
1: All right, Jason, one final question before we let you go. We know you're active uh, as a USTA director and uh, USTA meetings and all that. Anything going on on that front?
4: <laughs>
0: nope.
8: <laughs> no, not really. You know, um, we had our, our annual district or our annual meeting uh, this past month out in Columbus. Um, I thought that went well. Um, you know, uh, we're I'm looking forward to uh, continuing to work there with the USTA and trying to make the sport better. Um, you know, and, and hopefully at some point in time, you know, uh, be able to talk the other horsemen into you know being able to put some money to the side for a national marketing campaign, and advertising campaign that is uh, run from by somebody um, outside of our industry. You know, like a, somebody that markets and advertises Coca-Cola or Nike or something like that. Uh, that's how I've always felt about that. Um, I don't want anybody within the industry to to touch that money. I want that money to be sent to somebody that can tell us exactly what to do and do it for us. So.
1: All right. And, of course, you've got some openings uh, in the not-too-distant future, Vernon and uh, Tioga. And, obviously, you know, Tioga just underwent another facelift. It's, uh, and I haven't been out there, but from everybody that I've heard from that's been there, it's uh, kind of a, a must-see destination for harness racing.
8: Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Tioga is a is a wonderful facility, you um, know. It, it's a it, and a beautiful part of this uh, country, a p- beautiful part of this world. Um, there, there's nothing better than being at, at Tioga Downs um, when you get a good day up there, weather-wise, and, and and on a Sunday afternoon watching the watching the races with the the rolling hills in the background. And the same thing goes for the Vernon Downs property. What a beautiful property it is, as well, surrounded by. Um, you know, all the the, uh, agriculture up there as well. And, you know, uh, both those properties are beautiful. And, uh, you know, Tioga has always been a shining star in the the southern tier of New York. And uh, we continue to uh, do things from from a horse racing perspective and a casino perspective where, you know, uh, hopefully our customers will enjoy uh, all the products and amenities that we're able to provide them up there at Tioga, including our new, hotel and spa that's up there so when you boys get up there you'll have to spend the night there uh, we got a pj clark's there and and uh the food's tremendous always uh, in all of our different locations so um you know make plans to get up and see us at Tioga downs this summer and make plans to see us at vernon and obviously be here at the meadowlands uh for our championship meet so which kicks off on friday may the 4th
1: fantastic always a treat to have you thanks so much jason
8: all right, guys, take it easy, and thanks for having me on. Be well.
1: All right, that was Jason Settlemore, the man of many, 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 many hats at the Meadowlands, Tioga and Vernon, and of course the uh, the OTBs in the state of New Jersey. Mike uh, Survivor, what do you think? You know, uh, I have to sort of agree with Jason
3: a little bit. Uh it's kind of stagnant stagnated itself a little bit between the $18 and $20,000 range and you know, I, I think that it's a, I think it's a fantastic bet personally. Um I'm not a huge jackpot fan. Um and I've made that uh clear a couple of times, but uh, you know, this wager is one of those wagers that allows, you know, maybe one or two people to take home a pretty nice score. Uh how many times have we seen it pay 18 Seventeen, sixteen thousand, whatever the case may be. So, uh, you know, and sometimes Mike, that's been for four, sometimes five races. So you play it like a pick five, and look at that, you're going home with uh, twenty grand for a twenty cent bet. Uh, I think it's a fantastic wager, and uh, you know, I have to agree with Jason. I'd like to see a few other tracks kind of latch on and see uh, where we go from there.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, is a big thoroughbred track going to adopt that? I think that would obviously bring more awareness to a bet like that at the Meadowlands. And, you know, Mike, in, in you being in mutuals and, and being in this business, I mean, what you have to kind of analyze, you know, when you're making a decision on a wager like this, whether to keep it or uh, or scrap it is – is it bringing new money in or is it just taking away money from your other pools? And obviously you don't want to do that. That's one of the things I think when you incorporate a new wager, you know, you want to make sure that it's not just raiding from the other pools because that's kind of counterproductive. So is it bringing in new money? And I think that's the analysis that, uh, that Jason and the guys are going to make going forward, but uh, it's a good bet. I mean, it's a, it's a great bet in theory. I like the idea of, Um, a knockout kind of wager. I've always been a proponent of a tournament-style wager. Um, You know, and and I've kind of put a lot of thought into that about how something like that would work and how that would, you know, kind of like they do in poker, Mike, kind of like we saw, uh, kind of like we do in the George Morton-Levy Bracket Buster. Is there a way to have a tournament-style bet? Maybe something, you know, crafted along the lines of how you see at the poker tables in these tournaments, or who knows, maybe... Kind of like in an a elimination tournament like they do in the NCAA or like we do in our leaving it It would be interesting to kind of see how
3: it played out um I'm not really sure how it would work um we'd have to you know obviously work with the uh with the toad companies but uh I think it, the competitiveness of it Mike is what makes it fun uh the one on one kind of style type of deal where you're not having to face a hundred other places. you know what i'm saying and and so it's one of those things that I think uh
1: needs a little bit of research, but I think could be uh could be done. Yeah, in tournaments now, I mean, like you see, like on Derby Wars or uh, some of the other websites where they have, you know, DRF where they have the actual tournaments. It's it it is a tournament wager kind of, but you're just kind of trying to build up a bankroll and trying to have a bigger bankroll than the other person at the end of the day. It's not. It doesn't give you that me versus you. You know, it doesn't give. And, and if you think about it, Mike, that's what pari-mutual wagering is supposed to be. It's supposed to be me versus you. It's you versus everybody else in your knowledge of a race and your handicapping of a race versus everybody else. So if we – in handicappers, and Mike, we, we know this, and, and this isn't saying anything bad, but handicappers love the gloat, right?
5: <laughs> Some of us, yes. No, no, well, I mean, and
1: I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying, and and, you know, and a lot of times, deservedly so, because you're handicapping a race, you're putting the puzzle pieces together, and when you get that puzzle right, it's a great feeling. I mean, it's a great feeling, and you know, you should get uh, all the congratulations in the world for doing that. But my opinion can we turn that competitiveness into some kind of wager where you're battling somebody else directly? In a in a paramutual pool. That's what I'm asking. I think it's possible. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll have to get some. That, we might that, get right that, on that. that what, would
3: you? That, well, no. That, that, well, no that, I mean, that's. You know, it's possible. Yes. But we have the the thing of it is just trying to figure out how it would work paramutually, and making it work to where you know is is it like the elimination races, kind of like they have on Hamiltonian Day? Is race one 64 people, and then race two 32? You know, is that how it works? Well, that...
1: Uh, you yeah, know I don't know. Listen, right after Maybe the show, we're... right after the show, get your pen, and paper out, and get to it. Get to work on it. Yeah, that's right. That's and then right. we're, we're going to give you a homework assignment. And then next week on the show, you're going to come back and you're going to tell us what what the uh, what, what you found. Out. And you know, and here's another thing, and real quick. And I know we got Pete on the line, so Pete Finale on the line. So uh, we're not going to take too, uh, up too much more time talking about this. But just one more thing, Mike, before we get to a commercial break, this is the kind of wager, like a tournament style wager, that really, in my opinion, doesn't conflict. With a lot of other pools I don't think it conflicts with like Your win place or show Or your pick threes and your pick fours And your supers and tries I think that, that that might be another positive too
3: Well like you said earlier That's that's a big thing You don't want it to take away from some of your other pools I know some of the big problems that the Meadowlands had um, Was that it was taking away from their guaranteed pools and that's yeah. a uh, that that's a problem. I mean, you know, yeah. I work I work in mutuals. You got guarantees to hit. Listen, it, it, when you miss <laughs> those, it's very yeah. it's frowned upon. Let me put it to you that way. Well, and, and it's so and you, it's well,
1: it's not good for the customer too. It's not good for the customer. I mean, you you know, you want to be able to hit your guarantees. There's no question about that. And and that's correct. why you guarantee those pools because we want to give the customers their biggest bang for their buck. So you know. But anyway, let's uh, let's move along with the show, shall we? Uh, Pete Finale is coming up uh, from Yonkers Raceway. He is the brainchild the heart and soul, the guts and glamour behind the Hilltop helper, and he's going to try to help us dissect the final leg of the matchmaker and Levy before the finals next week. Post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Over the past twenty-five years, Hoosier Park has
0: revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 630 P.M. revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information.
1: New Vocations Resource Adoption
5: Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed.
1: Learn more at newvocations.org. attention all breeding funds. Did you know Pacing for the Cure has a stud fee for scooter program? Your stud fee donations will help those living with MS with severe mobility limitations obtain a scooter and be able to continue to enjoy their love of harness racing. Contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org if you'd like to make a donation. Mike In case you haven't noticed, Mr. Bill G. has begun pacing for the cure for multiple
3: sclerosis. Join in on the fun and weekly contest on Facebook to guess where he will place in each race. Like and share our page. Great prizes available for the lucky winners. Better yet, come out to the racetrack and watch him race live. Let's start a Mr. Bill G. fan club and start blogging on the journey page of the pacingforthecure.org website.
1: Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Harness Racing's 2018 Grand Circuit schedule begins at Yonkers Raceway with the George Morton Levy
0: and Keystone
3: Velocity
1: and a Blue Chip Matchmaker.
3: Medusa into second, Mackenzie A takes the Blue Chip Matchmaker final.
1: The preliminaries for the Matchmaker and Levy series start the weekend of March 16th with the finals on April 21st. For more information, visit empirecitycasino.com. Oh, dead, dead,
0: dead. take!
1: Can you believe we are down to the fifth and final leg of the Blue Chip Matchmaker and George Morton Levy Series at Yonkers already? Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter right now. We're joined by Yonkers Raceway's very own Pete Finale. Pete, it's already leg five. Can you believe it?
9: No, I can't. It's it's it really went by very quickly. It's it's a great series because you get to see these horses week after week, and you see a lot of development in the horses. And uh, uh, you know, both on you know Friday and Saturday nights, the ladies on Friday and the boys on uh, on on Saturday night. Uh, it's been a great series, and a lot of the stars have really acquitted themselves well. Some of the others have fallen by the side wayside, but uh, between the three legs we have on Friday and Saturday. And uh, and then, of course, next week's final, where we're going to have over about a million and a quarter in purses uh, available next Saturday night. It's just going to be terrific. But I want to go back to something you guys were talking about before. I do think we have an an opportunity here to start a new wager on the the Levy Bracket Buster March Madness Challenge. I I just want to take uh, Vernag's laying a point, uh, if I can, on uh, Saturday night. Do we have a line on the Powell versus Baez runoff on uh, on, uh, Friday night? Uh, Mike, do we have a line yet?
1: You know what? Listen, heck, maybe we could come up with a way not only to set up a wager like this paramutually, but then we could handicap the handicappers.
9: See, there you go. I think that's what we need to do. And I hope, Mike, I hope you're getting paid extra for the work you're doing tomorrow night. So uh, it's a a, a great promotion you guys came up with, and SOA was very glad to be part of it.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what—it just took off. And Mike Carter, you've done a lot of work on this thing. Mike Carter really deserves a lot of credit because, especially when the field was when it when the field was 64 and he had to chase all these uh, guys and gals down. But I'll tell you what—he done a fantastic job. Mike, you deserve the credit for that, buddy.
0: That's (laughs) right.
3: Well, listen, i got to tell you guys, it's been a lot of fun just kind of watching to kind of see how these uh, handicappers kind of think. Uh, that, that's that been the best part of this. Uh, some people submit, um, you know, some people submit wagering numbers. Other people submit uh, – I, I wonder how they bet because they submit names to go with uh, to go with uh, their selections. But uh, i got to tell you, it's been interesting to kind of see who people like, you know, kind of see people start with, you know, the Missile Jays and the All Bets Offs and then kind of float to, you know, the Mocketsos and the Keystone. Velocities. velocity. So uh, throughout this entire series, it's been kind of cool to see who everybody likes.
9: And there's yeah. a lot of options in each of the divisions you have and uh, the fields get uh, last week, I think we had a much more formful week uh, than we had uh, on certainly on Saturday night with the Levy of course, Friday night last week, most of the stars in the blue-chip matchmaker took the week off. But this week, I think we have some interesting races on the on the Levy side. And, of course, those stars are back in this week on the blue-chip matchmaker side.
1: Pete, let's get into the blue-chip matchmaker. And uh, really, this obviously goes for the Levy as well. I think from a handicapping point of view, I think it's very important to be cognizant of the point standings for both of these Uh, Series right now as we approach leg 5 because obviously you've Got horses that are going to be in no matter What you've got horses uh, that Like you said have fallen by the wayside And then you've got a group of horses That are in and On the bubble and uh, You know from a handicapping Point of view do you Believe it makes sense to kind of hone In on these horses that Are really on the bubble and that need The points
9: Well, it's interesting. I think they've fallen in different ways, the blue-chip matchmaker and the Levy, starting with the blue-chip matchmaker, because the most interesting one in terms of the point standings is last year's champion, Mackenzie A., uh, who's uh, right now in eighth position, Uh, so uh, obviously the last one in, uh, and he's got some some, – She's got some mares chasing her, but uh, uh, they're all about 25 points or so behind. So somebody's going to have to spring a big upset, but of course Mackenzie might not be aware of what happens because this is the first division that she's in this week. She took last week off, so that cost her a valuable uh, 25 points, uh, but uh, she certainly has been superb in the series with – Now a fourth consecutive outside draw, but she picked up two very impressive wins, one from uh, way at the back of the pack, and the other one a a really solid first-up effort where she really measured off the field very nicely. So I don't know what they're going to do with her this week. It's a tough spot to be on the outside. Again, she's overcome that uh, twice already in the series. But you get the logical speed horses down on the inside. Uh, You almost have a replay of last week's race with Lakeisha Hall and Motu Moonbeam. Oh, to me, Moonbeam has been one of the fun ones in the series. Just, you know, went off at a major... Big price, and I think was forty-seven to one in the uh, first leg, finished second, then won at thirty-six to one. And last week sat the pocket, wasn't getting to LaKeisha Hall, but I think that was because LaKeisha Hall had things her own way. So I think those two are going to line up, and then of course you've got the millionaire Lady Shadow trying to run those ones down as well as Mackenzie A. So we'll see if they were able to get away with some slow fractions. I wouldn't, uh, I don't think Motu Moonbeam, Moonbeam again was going to get there last week, but maybe with a little more pr- pressure on LaKeisha Hall. Maybe Motun Moonbeam can get there this week at a pretty good price. I think with Brent Holland and Paul Blumenfeld, they've had a number of horses who have drawn the rail and they've really fired them up and had them ready to go. So uh, I think that's probably where I'm going to go this week with the six-to-one horse who's currently third in the uh, she's third in the point standings right now.
3: All right, race number seven, a second division of the blue chip matchmaker. And trainer Pete Tritton uh, has got a couple of horses, uh, one in the blue chip and then one in the George Morton Levy. But sell a bit, draws the inside uh, tonight, four wins and nine starts this year, mark a 54-1, and and has uh, made a lot more than her competitors, that's for sure. Uh, Newborn Sassy is in the field. Medusa's here. Machina Parr gets a tough draw to the outside. And uh, safe from terror uh, has been close, but no cigar uh, the last couple of trips.
9: Big fan of Celibate who finished second a couple of years ago in, in the blue chip matchmaker, uh, but she's a little bit disappointing. She had a few weeks off coming into the series. I, she kind of staggered home but picked up the win in the first leg, had a little traffic trouble in the second one, and I thought last week was a bit disappointing, uh, and then actually took last week off, so it was two, two weeks ago. And I think uh, celibate N having the rail though is uh, and I, Pete Tritton's had a week to work with her. I, I would expect an improved effort from that one. And, and the one that's just been so impressive uh, in the series, and I think is probably the third best in the series, is is the five horse Twinkle, who uh, you know you got to love a horse who's won 13 out of 15 career starts and two back when she lost in the second leg. Uh, she uh, just had no room to go by in the lane, otherwise she would have won that race. So we'll see. This is going to be a real interesting test, but I know Ross was very high on this one coming into the series, Uh, and I think Twinkle is just, uh, I, I would have some confidence that this one's going to put in yet another good performance, and again, I think be one of the three prime contenders in the final.
1: All right, race number 11 is the uh, third and final division of the Blue Chip Matchmakers Series on Friday night. And uh, the horse, uh, the mare that is quickly becoming the uh, unstoppable force, Sharton, is in this race. Now, she took the week off last week. She's obviously headed to the finals coming up next week. She's going to be a big favorite here. But uh, she's obviously, you know, being with the missed week last week, I think she wants to go into the, the finals nice and sharp. What say you?
9: Yeah I'd say that's right. Uh, the 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 last week or uh, well, two weeks ago when she ran she uh, just kind of took back very gently off the gate and the confidence that Tim Teitrick had pulling her to the outside and going right by the leaders with really very little uh trouble I, it'd be very hard to, to to not be confident if you're if you're the Kings coming into this uh, coming into this series the last leg of the series and then the final. Uh of course L.A. Delight, you know, has certainly done uh, some good work, picked up a win, two back, finished second last week, losing to Lakeisha Hall, who's currently your your point leader. I'm not sure I buy Wishy-Washy Girl, just uh, she did win uh, one leg when she was able to get to the front end. She's not going to be on the front end here. Um but uh i yeah i think you have to look in and short ends, and and it's not too obvious it's pretty obvious that la delight is the, is the main threat in this spot i think the ones on the outside are going to have a tough time getting involved with the, the way this race shook out
3: All right, Pete. Well, race number five on Saturday night kicks off the George Morton Levy and uh, a compact field of six to start off the uh, three races. And Chumlee draws post number six tonight, uh, excuse me, on Saturday night. Missile J post number four. Uh, Kind of a disappointing effort for Missile J last week. Uh, This race is uh, probably one of the more competitive betting races, even though it's only a six-horse field.
9: Well, yeah, you're right about that effort by Missile J last week. And I think the other thing we should note is that uh, one of the reasons that it was a, a bad effort, I think, by Missile J was that he was following the cover of Rock and Ron, who had. Won the first two legs, finished second in the third leg, uh, and just was just dreadful last week, and, uh, and now is out of the box. I mean, Rock and Ron has enough points to make the final and all of that, but I'd be a little concerned coming in off that sequence of races. I didn't think he should have lost uh, in the third leg. Last week was, was poor, and Missile Jay was co- certainly compromised. That's the third race, I think, where Missile Jay has had difficult trips. He did win on the front end, uh, but I think the ones drawn to Missile Jay's inside are very interesting in this race. Certainly, Western Fame has done good work uh, uh, going from a four- to a five-year-old, picked up two wins, albeit off of completely perfect trips. And one that's really been very surprising is his Better Memories, uh, who has done terrific work uh, without picking up a win, but has, has picked up his share of points. Currently, there's one that he's ninth in the point standings coming in, uh, and this one's going to need to pick up some points to, to, to get uh, on the inside. So that's one to watch as well. But the one I'm going to go with is a, another horse who I think has had very difficult trips uh, in, the, in the series so far. Last week had a three-hole, but it was a terrible three-hole drawn outside a couple of good ones, uh, is Long Live Rock. I mean, that's another one that's on the outside looking in. Renee Allard has a couple like that tonight. We'll talk about Keystone Velocity in a minute. But uh, he gets to draw two two rails uh, this week. And I think Long Live Rock, it's really now and ever for that one. I think he'll offer a square mutual with the presence of Missile J in the race. So I'm going in that direction with Long Live Rock, who's 4-1 morning line.
1: All right, let's talk about that next race. Uh, Pete and Keystone Velocity right now, 12th. In the point standings. And this is where things are going to get really interesting because it's obviously taken Keystone Velocity a little bit to get back in the form. Has gone four starts without a win, hasn't been drawing the best of posts, now gets the rail. You would have to think that it's going to be all guns blazing for Keystone Velocity here. Oh,
9: like, like he was last week, he left out of there pretty well and then ended up giving the lead uh, to Moquitzo and sat the pocket and picked up some points last week. I don't think with that situation he's going to want to give up the lead again but it may not be Market so that's going to come at him evening of pleasure who last week went off at 98 to 1 from the eight hole and blasted to a pocket trip behind somewhere in L.A. That was the race where Rocket and Ron and Missile J just couldn't get on track. But uh, Evening in a Pleasure is in really good form and I think has the best speed of, of uh, or at least better speed than Market So. Uh, and I think that's the one to watch here. He, that one's 9-2 to two on the morning line. I think that's probably value. This one's had two seconds and a win in the series. Uh, Keystone Velocity, as you said, though, is going to be all systems go, and I think my third pick in that race is actually the favorite uh, Market. so i haven't been completely convinced by this one certainly had a bad effort to back uh but uh i think evening of pleasure uh, is 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 an interesting one to keep an eye on has uh, certainly done very good work in the series
3: and feed another horse that's on the bubble. Eleventh in standings is always at my place. It always at my place takes center stage in race number seven. Uh, you know, gets draws post number four tonight for trainer Ron Burke. Bit of a legend. Gets a tough draw to the outside on po- or excuse me post number seven, and then of course you have Mister Daytona towards the inside, and Doctor J Hitover has been good through this series as well.
9: Yeah, well, we were talking about this on air last week, and uh, and and I said that I think the three best horses. Uh, in the in the field uh, and, and looking ahead to the final uh, are the three that are drawn to the outside here. Uh, if, as a matter of fact, if I was to handicap this field, I probably would have handicapped them almost exactly as they drew. Dr. Jay Hanover's had three just very soft trips, two from the rail, one from mid-pack, just got to the top, set very easy fractions, and no one was getting to him, including a bit of a legend who came first up into him last time. Uh, somewhere in LA has really now gotten on track. He's had a lot of bad trips in the last year and a half. Uh, He had the rail last week and and just was a no doubt about it winner. Very impressive effort by that one. Uh, A bit of a legend. I think is just in a spot this week where I would not count on him firing. He is my pick to win the final. Uh, But I think drawn outside of both Dr. J Hanover and somewhere in L.A., it's going to be tough for him to get involved. But I do expect both the five and the six to be put in play, given what else they have on the inside. Always at my place. has kind of taken a step back i think as the series has moved on so uh but dr j hanover may end up uh, and it's not it's not that he's getting easy trips handed to him he earns it because he has such good speed he gets to the top and he's able to force other horses to take back maybe somewhere in la uh, gives him a little bit of a tussle although i'm sure they don't want to overuse somewhere in la just one week before a final that goes for over a half a million dollars
1: yeah, it's a it's going to be a great card as a matter of fact next week the finals for the Blue Chip Matchmaker and the George Morton Levy plus uh, consolations as well. So it's just going to be a fantastic card next week and and Pete, we might as well uh see if we can book your time slot next Thursday 11:45. You you free?
9: Happy to be back. Yes, it's always great being on your show. As everybody says, uh, you guys are just you do great work for the sport. So thank you very much for doing that.
1: Alright, no problem. We certainly appreciate you joining us. Pete, real quick, before we let you go, uh, I do want to give a plug to the Hilltop Helper. Uh, if you're a little bit confused and little, need a little bit more dissecting on this, and every Yonkers uh, card to be uh, exact, where can we find the Hilltop Helper?
9: Well, it's t- available on the uh, Standard Bread Owners Association of New York website. It's also available on Facebook at, uh, on the Hilltop Helper webpage. We give you the selections of all the races on Saturday, plus a couple of pick four plays and a pick five play. So we have a lot of fun with that. And uh, hopefully, uh, then again, it may be worth what you pay for it, which is free. So,
1: <laughs> Well, listen, any help we can get at the races, we'll uh, gladly take. Pete, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy.
9: Again, thanks a lot. And good luck with the, the semifinals of the uh, of the Bracket Buster uh, March Madness Channel Challenge.
1: All right. Thanks, buddy. Okay. All uh, right. All right, and by the way, we're down to the final five. And make sure you check out our newsletter, which will be released uh, sometime this evening around 5 o'clock or so. And it's going to have a nice little bio, Mike, of the final five in the George Morton Levy uh, Bracket Buster Series, and uh, including our defending champion, John Vernaggs, who's looking to go back-to-back. Back. Can you believe that? John Vernags looking to go back-to-back in the uh, George Morton Levy Bracket Buster series, that's 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 quite an accomplishment. That means, let's see, thirty. I'm not great with math, so help me out. Thirty-two plus uh, sixty-four. That means uh, what? 96, ninety-six. Ninety-five people he's had to go through. Yeah, he'd have to go through ninety-five,
3: ninety-six people, and uh, that's well. impressive in itself. And uh, also at our newsletter, Mike, uh, I am very excited about this one because uh, it's kind of a uh, ex- exclusive to to us. Is uh, we've got an update on Beckham's detail i yeah. uh, super excited. I sat down with uh, Jamie McCumber and got some great information about uh, Beckham ZTAM and his return to the races in 2018. And uh, that, that was an exciting interview, that's for sure. Uh,
1: what passion
3: the McCumbers have for the sport of hardest racing.
1: Yeah, certainly. So make sure you check it out. And if you're not on the mailing list, get on the mailing list now. All you have to do is email Mike at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Just say add me. That's all you have to do. Uh, Let's see. I mean, it's five characters. All you have to do is put five. Well, put the space bar in the middle, so that would be six characters. Uh, That's all you have to do, and hit send. It'll take ten seconds of your time, and you'll get this thing emailed right to your doorstep each and every week. Well, Mike, I'll tell you what. It's been a a great, long, busy show. Busy show on this Thursday.
3: Busy, busy, busy. It's been a lot of fun, though, and –
1: uh, I'll tell you what,
3: uh, it's been a great time, and uh, listen, again, if you're going to be out at Moho- Woodbine at Mohawk Park on Saturday, make sure you stop by and see me. Uh, I'll be wearing all the Post Time with Mike and Mike gear, and uh, for your chance to win a spot on the Post Time with Mike and Mike Pepsi North America Cup show uh, coming up uh, in June.
1: Fantastic. Good, good stuff, and uh, there'll be something on the in the newsletter about uh, the grand opening next Thursday, so keep that in mind. We're going to take one really quick time out, Mike. Just a couple more bills to pay. We'll wrap this thing up when we come back and Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet American. Harness Racing's 2018 Grand Circuit schedule begins at Yonkers Raceway with a George Morton Levy
0: and Keystone Velocity
1: and a Blue Chip Matchmaker.
3: Medusa into second. Mackenzie A takes the Blue Chip Matchmaker Final.
1: The preliminaries for the Matchmaker and Levy Series start the weekend of March 16th with the finals on April 21st. For more information, visit EmpireCityCasino.com. Oh,
0: dead tight!
3: All right, we're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. Thanks so much for everybody who joined our program today. Again, make sure to stop by and see us at Woodbine at Mohawk Park on Saturday, and also make sure to join the program next Thursday with a first post of ten thirty. Good night, everybody.
0: One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey, or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay
5: here.
0: I know.